0: Some of you already know, if you were here for uh, our Ash Wednesday services, the theme that will kind of carry us through the season of Lent as we look at the incredible scripture text that we will focus on in this 40-day season of Lent. And the theme comes actually uh, of all places, I can't even believe it myself that, <laughs> that I would make you do this. The theme comes from a phrase from the website, Facebook. And it comes from uh, the label that you can put on your relationship with a possible significant other, right? You can put a label that says, I am single or a relationship that you can say I'm in a relationship, or you can say I'm married, or there was this catch-all phrase that some of you knew when I first asked it that just says, it's complicated. (laughs) And a lot of people know what that means. It might mean something a little bit different for different situations, but a lot of people relate to the idea of in our relationship, sometimes it's complicated to put a label on it. It's maybe not all the way this, it's maybe not all the way that, there's some good stuff, there's some bad stuff, some things we're proud of, some things we're not proud, of. it's complicated. And I've always been interested in this phrase, I think it explains or it, it, it's a good label for many of the relationships <sighs> In our lives, not just a relationship with a significant other or partner, but a relationship with our neighbors, a relationship with ourself can be complicated, and our relationship with God. is complicated. And maybe it's good to know that if we look all the way back to the beginning, in the book of Genesis where we hear these stories, that it has been complicated for a while now. So when God created the earth, we hear in this beautiful story in Genesis, and kept making life more diverse, adding different animals, and adding stars in the sky, and birds in the air, and fish in the sea, and it was good, it was good, it was good, and then God created human, put human on the earth, and it was very good. Something about the human was just very good. God loved the human, but then thought, well, the human is kind of alone here. The human needs something else. So God took a rib from Adam, right, and then made a partner. Because it's just not good for humans to be completely alone. And so then there were relationships among humans. And it was, it was so good and was so wonderful. And Adam and Eve had this great setup in the Garden of Eden. And this is, we kind of come in in our Genesis reading today, and they've got this garden with all this delicious fruit. And God says, you can eat any of this fruit. It's really simple. Not complicated. It's simple. Just eat all of the fruit except for this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God made it really simple for Adam and Eve. Eat all the other fruits. You don't have to work for it. You just pick fruit off the tree and you're good. Simple. But then the snake comes along. And the snake is, it doesn't say wise. It says the snake is crafty. And the snake knows how to mess with Adam and Eve, and the snake starts whispering things to Adam and Eve. God said that, but I think you should eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the snake introduces to Adam and Eve, because they're both there, We often blame Eve because that's who the snake speaks to, but the text says Adam and Eve were both there when they took the fruit, so we can't put all the blame on Eve. (laughs) And the snake introduces these ideas to them about not having enough, that God is holding out on you, that there's more, that there is deceit, that God has lied to you. And all of a sudden, their simple world got a lot more complicated. Because then they doubted. They lost this trust in God, that God set up a simple design for them, and they started to doubt it. Well, that tree looks, the fruit looks really good. And knowledge of good and evil, that sounds really good. Why shouldn't we take it? We need it. And so then they made, as we talk about with the kids, the bad choice. And the world changed forever for them. When they took that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the world changed forever. But the interesting thing is the world itself doesn't actually change. What changes is their eyes are opened. And Adam and Eve feel differently about the garden, about the world around them. And all of a sudden, these ideas become part of their lives, ideas of vulnerability and weakness and fear and shame. They suddenly realize that they are naked and they have to be covered. They have been naked the whole time, but now they have changed and they notice their nakedness, and they feel like, ah, something has to be done. We're exposed. We're missing something. We lack something. And so then they put together, I think is a pretty ragtag idea, just a little fig leaves to try to cover up. They're scrambling, seems to me, to fill this void, to replace this thing that they're suddenly feeling that they are without. The world hasn't changed, but they have changed. And this complication is still a part of our lives, isn't it? We have inherited from them these same feelings of anxiety that we don't have enough, that we somehow need to get more, that other people probably have more than us and they're probably coming after what we have and so we have to be better than them. And we have to try harder than them, and we have to protect what we have. This feeling of lacking, this feeling that we are not enough. And instead of running back to God, whom we were designed to be in relationship with, we run to our own fig leaves. You know, all the different fig leaves that we have to try to cover up, to try to make ourselves feel better all the things that we do and say and buy that where we try to fill the void of what's missing in our lives this feeling of weakness and vulnerability and shame and it makes our relationships complicated doesn't it because our neighbors also become our competitors and maybe they have something that we don't have and that we need so We have to be doubtful of everyone and doubtful of God. And anyone who tells you that somehow they can solve this problem for you and make things simple for you, I'm going to tell you based on my life experience and hearing the stories from everyone that I've ever spoken to is lying. If they can tell you that they can make Get rid of the complications in your lives. Get rid of all the bad stuff that happens. Make it easy again. They're not telling the truth (laughs) because there will always be a snake whispering in your ear saying, you're not enough. You need more. God hasn't Given you everything. You'll always have that. There will always be things that make us afraid. There will always be things that make us anxious, that we need to or feel the need to fix, to do on our own. And anyone who tells you that their life is simple and they don't have those problems, it's like they think that their fig leaf is covering up more than it actually is. Now Jesus faces this same temptation really in the Gospel story we heard from the Gospel of Matthew. And when Jesus is fasting, so he's not eating, he's out in the desert, he's kind of contending with evil out there and meditating I guess and praying. And the tempter The devil comes and whispers to him, and essentially, it's the same temptation. The devil says to Jesus, you know, I see that you're very hungry. You're out here fasting. All you have to do, and Jesus could do this, is turn some stones into bread. Jesus could do that. The devil is telling Jesus, you could be self-sufficient. You could have all the food you ever wanted. You could do that on your own. And Jesus says, I'm in a relationship with God. So then the devil takes him up and then has him look down and say, just jump off the pinnacle of the tower because you and I both know that an army of angels will protect you, that you have all the protection you could ever need. And no one could ever take anything away from you or hurt you or do anything bad to you. You could have your bodyguards all around you. You could be totally protected just on your own. And Jesus says, I am in a relationship with God. So then the devil pulls the big card and takes him up to a high mountain and shows him the splendor of all the kingdoms of the world, power, riches, glory, and order, that all of that could belong to Jesus. And don't just pass this over too quickly, it's just another temptation. Because this is a pretty good deal. Jesus could control everything. Jesus could be in charge of all the stuff going on in the world. That means that if Jesus took this deal, there would be no coronavirus, right? There would be no wars. Jesus would just stop it. Jesus would have control of everything and just stop it. There would be no homelessness. Jesus could just, boop, build homes for everyone. And anyone had a problem, Jesus could just say, stop it, and they would have to. That's the deal that Jesus was getting, that he could do that. He could have that power. Jesus says, get away. I am in a relationship with God. Jesus turns down all this stuff, good stuff, things that Jesus could do on his own to kind of fill out all the vulnerabilities or weaknesses or things that it seemed like he lacked. Jesus could just do that on his own. And each and every time Jesus turns that down to maintain his relationship with God. As good as it would be to have bread, anytime that you want, food all the time, Jesus says there is no amount of food that can satisfy me like God. And even though it would be really good to be protected all the time, To have an army surrounding us and keeping us safe. Jesus says, there is no SUV big enough, there's no gated community exclusive enough, there is no standing army big enough that would protect me better than God. And Jesus looks at all the power in the world, the splendor, everything Jesus could have everything and Jesus says everything is not as good as my relationship with God. Imagine that all the things that we try to fill for ourselves and gain back and fight for again it's all there in our relationship with God that we have been created to have this relationship with God and with one another. We're always looking for ways to satisfy it with these other things, and it's right there. Here's the thing. You remember how when Adam and Eve were in the garden and they ate from this tree, the knowledge of good and evil, and everything changed, but nothing changed, right? They changed, of course. They felt this shame and vulnerability and this doubt, and their life and relationships became complicated. But the world did not change. So all the goodness that God built in each day of creation of the world, all that goodness is there. And all the very goodness that God built into humanity and our relationships with one another, all of that goodness is still there. It didn't go away when Adam and Eve ate the fruit. It just got complicated, but it's still there. All of the pieces of paradise are still here just spread out among one another. And none of us on our own have all that we need to be a superhero, you know, to be a complete person on our own. But all the pieces of paradise are here. In our relationships with God and with one another, that's what we were meant for. Paradise is here, so let's share it with God and with one another. Amen.